This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. Now, are you always trying to fix or save people you love? Perhaps you make your relationship partners into some kind of project whereby you always want to rescue them or improve them in some way. Well, in this teaching, you'll learn why fixing people you love can do more harm than good. And it also creates unhealthy patterns of codependency. You'll learn what drives this strong desire that you may have to fix other people and what you can do to restore a more healthy, harmonious and happy balance in your relationships. Okay, David, so this strong desire to fix people we love, where does this come from? Well, it can come from different areas, Alex. It's normally coming from what we call the inner child, the subconscious mind. So the inner child will want everything perfect, the way that they see it. And that's what you have to understand. When you're being driven by the inner child, they've got this concept of perfection. But perfection is just a perception. Whose perception? And when you do the work, and we've done many teachings on this work, It's the inner child's perception, the perception, the way things should be, the way that they want them to be, with no inconveniences, no, nothing not working out, the way that they wanted the relationship to be, and then they'll fall into CCJ, comparing, criticizing, being judgmental, they'll compare their relationship with others, and they're always driven and you, you know, I sound the video and it's very important. It's like that donkey with the carrot just dangling in front of them. They're always driven for better, more. The grass is always greener. This idea of perfection. And it's if the world was the way that they wanted, that would be good for them. But how do we know the difference between if uh, us wanting to fix or improve, or save, or help out someone we love is driven from our ego, or an inner child, or it's just driven from a natural, authentic desire to care for someone, love someone, help them when they're in need. How how do we know the difference, David? And that's the fundamental question, Alex, you know, that that there's the Wu Wei, there's the balance. But if you look at the word relationship, And the word tells you it's about relating. It's not dictatorship. You're not in a dictatorship where everyone and everything has to go the way that you want it. And can you immediately sense that bit of tension inside of you if you're one of these people? We're in a relationship. And so that means communication, being able to communicate, not sitting there and saying, you should be wearing this, you should be doing this, you should be living in this way. I don't like it when you do this. We should be doing better. And this becomes a dictatorship. And this is where you can spot the difference. If you see yourself slightly superior 
wanting other people to do what you think is right, without that communication, then this has gone out of balance. And we've done several teachings, haven't we, between what is love and relationship. So let me just quickly thumbnail that. Love is a description of a feeling. Because this is what I hear. Well, I love her. Well, I really love him. And if she did this, if he did that, it would be better for them. But you're dictating to them. Why don't you ask them what they believe is better for them? Why don't you open that communication? And so people will use the emotion of love as like the coverall justification. But what happens, David, if what you're talking about there is someone clearly imposing their will? You know, I believe that this person could improve in this way or I can help this person out in this way. And you're what you just described as someone kind of forcefully imposing their will on another person to try and help them, but in a way that the other person doesn't agree with. But what happens in a lot of cases is that the other partner wants to be rescued, wants to be helped out, wants to the other person to do all the work to improve them. Yes. What? I mean, you can't, in a way, you can't be blamed then, can you, well, for wanting to fix well, them? I, well, it well <laughs> just before I address that, because that's another great point, is I just, you used one word, and I just want to clarify that word. You use the word forcefully. Mm-hmm. And it's very rarely, occasionally it is with my clients, and be quite forceful, but, but, but very rarely, it's more subtly. It's more kind of, manipulative it's very rarely forcefully it's it's moaning it's being unhappy it's always criticizing it's you know and it's a more subtle way so let's let's address your question so the first question to ask you is why were you attracted to somebody operating in victim mode why do you want to be somebody who saves somebody else why were you attracted and want to have a relationship with somebody who wants to be saved and so this will normally again this is very subtle and everyone's an individual so i'm giving you the broad brush this is normally about your self-worth about your value that we call shed how you value yourself. So again, when I work with clients who are doing this and they attract these victim people into their life, friends, family members, partners who want to be saved, it's because it makes them feel superior, feel better, feel as, feel as though that here's something else, just somebody I worked with last week. They wouldn't love me. This is what she said. He wouldn't love me if I couldn't do something for him. That's the only reason that he is attracted to me, because I'm good around the house, I cook him great food, I look after him. That's what attracts him to me. And so you see, again, I often think about it, you know those old-fashioned balancing scales? The scales go out of balance. They're not. The scales should be like this. This is Wu Wei. The scales gently toing and froing. But what happens is they go out of balance. And this is what creates red light feelings, anxiety, fear, depression, all of this because the scales are out of balance. So what you're saying, and I, I, I can, I guess that the people who do that, who work hard in their relationships to 
uh, make themselves valuable by putting in, you know, more than a hundred percent effort. More, there's not, there's not a balance or an equity in terms of giving and taking. That's like a repeat pattern mm-hmm. in their relationship. So, mm-hmm. you say that they would naturally attract the the victims, if you like, or the people who want to be rescued and saved and looked after into their life. But I would also imagine they proactively, either consciously or subconsciously look for those sorts of people because if they meet or encounter someone who doesn't need to be rescued doesn't isn't being the victim can stand on their own two feet then a fixer person will see that and subconsciously think i can't add value here this person won't value me because i can't play my normal role of almost like being the parent in the relationship and overly looking after this other adult. That's perfectly explained, Alex. And that, and that is very deep in the subconscious mind. So you are not making a conscious choice. You don't walk around looking for somebody with victim tattooed on their forehead. And as Alex has just explained it perfectly, it is a very deep and Again, clients will say things like, this is natural, this is ingrained. And this will normally, again, normally, not always, come from childhood. When you see the relationship in your family dynamic, so when you see uh, your mother or your father acting and the way that they interact. Now, don't jump in and say, you're joking. I do the opposite. Yeah, you just describe the pendulum. So you either follow them identically, you become your mother or your father, or you live your life saying, I'll never do that. I will do the direct opposite. So both of those are the two ends of the emotional pendulum. They are affecting you. And what's more importantly, you are not being accountable or self-responsibility for your life for your decisions, you've fallen into this subconscious, as Alex said, I would say the inner child, way of thinking and believing that the world has to be this way or that way, and it has to be your way. Again, one of the kind of the mantras of the inner child, things have to be the way I want it, when I want it, and how I want it. A lot of people call that selfish, And the inner child doesn't see it like that. The inner child sees it that the world would be a better place. I would be happier. Wouldn't you be happier if you just did what I said? Wouldn't you be happier if you cleared up more? Wouldn't you be happier if you did this or that on a lower level? But this can go, wouldn't you be happier if you thought the way I thought? If you lived the way I think you should live? But all of this goes back to what I said at the beginning. This is dictatorship. This is not communication, talking, finding that balance between the two of you. So does that um, inner child drive for perfection? And if you did this the way that I think you should, or if you were the sort of person I think you could be, that perfection thing, does that also, is that also rooted in some form of self-doubt as well? Definitely. Uh, as all the inner child is rooted in the vow, there's something wrong with me. If this relationship, if you would be better, then I would be better. If you lived up to my standards, this is one thing that is very complicated about the inner child work. And again, we've done many teachings. The inner child has these very high 
expectations and standards. So high, they can't even live up to them themselves. So again, you're chasing the carrot. You'll never be satisfied. Here comes now the other teaching, the carousel of despair. It wouldn't matter if your partner or if your friend did exactly what you wanted them to do because you'd find something else. It's a never-ending race. That's why instead of looking outwards, the Wu Wei teaching is look inwards. Look at your beliefs. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? Where is, is there such perfection? Do you believe there's such a thing as perfection? Then who, who agrees? What is perfect? Where do you get that from? It can only be from you. And if you doubt yourself, how can you be the judge and the arbiter of perfection? You see, it becomes a carousel. You're going round and around and around. And the way out of this is to look inward as your beliefs, what you believe, why you believe. My gut feeling on this, David, is that I I totally take the point that um, wanting to improve somebody is a perfection you know, in a child perfection driven thing. But this thing about making ourselves valuable to the other person, um, my feeling is that this, that's often the main driver in the fixer, uh, rescuer d- <clears throat> the dynamic of a relationship. Would you say that no, it's 50 50 or? No. no, no, I'd go even farther. I think it's the same thing, Alex. It's just the, it's just the, Yin and the yang of the same thing. Okay. It's the inner child believing the vow. There's something wrong. There's something missing. They're not good enough. They can't cope. They're, they're unlovable or they're unworthy. Yeah. And then instead of looking in, what I would suggest and all our teachings are about and sorting that out for themselves, they do the opposite. They're saying, if the world, if this person was perfect. So they project. They're projecting out. Yeah. If everything was the way I wanted, then I would be all right. Instead of saying, the way the reality is, is the way that reality is, and you have to learn to deal with reality, whatever that problem, that issue, Mm -hmm. that situation is, you have to learn to deal with that. But therein lies the perverse irony as well, because if everything does become all right through your efforts of fixing or rescuing or saving a partner... And that that partner is elevated in status and their ability to look after themselves. They're no longer the victim. Then the relationship falls apart because the fixer and rescuer is almost actually dependent on the other person staying in that kind of victim status role so that they can continue to feel valuable to that partner by helping them out. As soon as that partner doesn't need the same level of support or attention, the fixer and rescuer effectively loses their role. And they're kind of cast a a lost at sea in a way. You're right, Alex. And this is why these teachings are so difficult to explain and to share because, as in a way, you can't win. The inner child has set up a scenario that they can't win because it, because if you're right, if the um, the person that the inner child is trying to fix somehow did everything right, which would be impossible because the inner child would keep on setting higher standards, or you put on weight, or you you're losing your hair, or you whatever, whatever, whatever. But if that was possible, then the inner child's got another problem. 
Now, if they're not needed or they haven't got a project, in your introduction, you said something very important, a project. And the inner child will see it as a project because it's always looking outwards. Then the inner child has got another problem. Then it refers back onto themselves. And guess what it does? It starts CCJing itself. Oh, it's me. There's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I can't cope. I'm unlovable. This is why I've made them better. Oh my goodness, I've heard this during my long career. I would think it doesn't say. I made them better. And guess what happened? They left. They left me. And so this is then poor me, looking back onto me. And so this is why it's so complicated to explain. And many people don't try and explain this because of this complication. You can't win. It's a no-win situation because you're being driven by the inner child. And one important thing we haven't mentioned, which clouds this in a big cloud of emotions. Now the inner child will use emotions, fear, protection, keeping themselves safe, being angry, being aggressive, not being aggressive, being passive. The inner child will use the emotions on the two ends of the pendulum and this clouds it all up. And so the project becomes so confusing for you and for the person on the other side They don't understand what's going on because it will change like the weather daily. And one minute you're just talking about yourself, how life is so difficult and you can't cope and you always leave a mess, blah, 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 blah. And then the next moment you're talking about them. If they pulled the socks up, if they had a better job, look what's happening next door. He's got to look at their car. Oh my God. It's like, I call it the maze of confusion. And the inner child's taking you into this maze of confusion to confuse you about the fundamental thing. And this is how we've got to come back to this. The fundamental thing is your shame. What you believe about your worth and value. This is what the core beginning first domino fountainhead, the Taoists call it the fountainhead, where it all starts. It's about you. Stop trying to fix other people. Stop trying to strive for perfection. If you're doing this or even thinking this or half doing it, not to the extremes that we're trying to explain, but if you notice that trait inside of you, the journey is not external. The journey is internal. Looking at your self-worth, looking at your Shen. We've done so many videos on Shen because for me, it's one of the three fundamental supports and foundations of Wu Wei wisdom. So how do we break the cycle then? We do this inner work on ourselves in terms of our self-worth. We look at, you know, are my actions in my relationship or towards my partner driven by a need to be validated or to have value to them or driven by a need for perfection because if things aren't perfect... I can't live comfortably with that. And again, that being an inner child. So we've got to, do we just have to do like self-inquiry work on that? Well, you have to do the the golden thread. And the golden thread is a powerful way that you can do. You can do it to yourself quietly in your own mind. Some of my clients come to me and say they enjoy writing it down. So for instance, uh, I, I believe in perfection. Why do you believe in perfection? 
What is perfection? How do you define perfection? Who judges what's perfect? And this self-inquiry will take it down deeper and deeper and deeper. Remember, most important, when you're doing the golden thread for yourself, and again, look in the archives, we've got many, many descriptions where you role-play. Alex tries to role-play, and I take her down. Remember when you're doing the golden thread, do not use the F word, feeling. Oh, I feel this. I feel that because that is the inner child putting you right back to the top. So why do you want your partner to do certain things? So some people like to do that in their own head. Some people like to journal it. Uh, And the way to do that is just to get a piece of A4 paper, put a line down the middle, put on one side, I believe. I believe my partner should be better. On the other side, why do you believe your partner should be better? And then you start to go down. But you'll see this journey of the golden thread will always go back deep into your self-conscious in what I call the inner child. And you'll start to hear and talk to your inner child. That's what I really enjoy working with my clients who've perhaps done a little bit of the golden thread themselves and get stuck. And I'll say this to you, if you're, if, if you're discovering that, if you say, yes, David, I've done a couple of steps of the golden thread and I get stuck. Why you're getting stuck is because normally you've gone back to a feeling. You've used a feeling word. Oh, I do this because I'm scared. Oh, I do this because I'm frightened. Oh, I do this because I'm angry. Oh, I do this because I want to protect myself. Protect yourself from what? Emotions. But if you create your emotion... How can you protect yourself from the emotion? So the answer to your question, the way out of this is, remember I say this on most videos, you cannot change what you don't understand. The way out of this is to understand. How you understand, you've got to go back and communicate, have the inner child conversations. Again, in the archives, we've done so many. This is the beauty of this now. You can do this just referring back to our archives. We must have 10 videos on the inner child. I will put links in the show notes to the Golden Thread Process videos. Uh, We have a playlist on those. And we also have a playlist on the inner child reparenting and a playlist on Shen and why it's so important to connect to that wise, authentic innate part of ourselves rather than being driven by our inner child narrative or the emotion or the which emotions. is created by the inner child exactly and this is this is what complicates a lot of people they will say i'm doing this because i'm frustrated i'm doing this because i'm angry i'm doing this because i'm overwhelmed i'm doing this because i'm sad they will use the emotion but if you go back to another core teaching You are the creator of your emotions. You're not the victim of them. So if you're using an emotion to drive you, the emotion is always, nearly always, created by the inner child. So you're not dealing with the cause. You're dealing with the consequences. So the golden thread will get you out of this maze of confusion. And that's the way out of it, is to drop your shoulders, take a breath, ask yourself why. Why do I want them to change? Why do I want this? Why is this important for me? And then go down and find that self-discovery. And please, 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 if you do find that part of the mind that I'm calling the inner child, he or she is not a monster. They're not out to get you. They're not your enemy. They're not the devil. 
they are a small child, about six, seven, eight, nine, stuck, stuck in the familiar way of thinking, and they need some help to release them. So you can begin to be in your flow, so you can grow and you can learn. And the whole process of the Wu Wei wisdom is not to create a separation between your inner child and your Shen, it's actually to bring them together so they integrate the oneness, and that's your spiritual goal. That's who you are. You are awesome. You don't need this inner conflict and fighting and coming together. Then you'll be able to communicate with everyone in a calm, peaceful way. I'm not saying that you accept everything, but if you don't accept it, then you'll be able to discuss and have that conversation without this feeling inside of you that's overpowering you. Wonderful. Thank you, David. And I will also put a link in the show notes to our love and relationships playlist, which has lots and lots of value and lots of insights on there for you as well. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers, and gifts on our website, wuwaywisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy and in your flow.